What is up, everyone? This is Avery Smith, creator of Data Career Jumpstart and Snow Data Science. Welcome back to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that gives you, the data enthusiasts, the tools you need to build an amazing data career. Whether that's just starting and breaking into data science, landing a senior data position, or building a new data team or product, this podcast is here to help. Welcome back to the Data Career Podcast. This is episode two with an interview of Rashan Khan. So glad that you could join us. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Rashan, a Tableau savant, my friend, and one of Tableau's featured artists of 2020. He made some absolutely incredible data visualizations throughout the year. We're going to be talking about data visualization, Tableau versus Power BI, the power of personal projects, and how Rashan got started with data. I hope you guys enjoy this show, and we're going to go ahead and go to the interview. Uh, Rashawn is the author and creator of what I consider a top 10 data visualization in 2020, and it is the Google year in search 2020. Um, So, and I said, if you disclude the New York Times, it ends up being a uh, top five data visualization. So I'm excited to get to know him better, ask him about the viz, what inspired him, see what else he has going on. Um, And yeah, so we're here with Rashawn. Hey, Avery, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. It's a true honor and privilege, honestly, because I've been following you for quite some time. So your content is honestly very exciting, and I'm, it's, an, it's a huge honor to be talking with you here. Also, uh, a big thanks to everyone for showing support for this session, and I'd like to say hey to everyone who's um, joining the session right now. Uh, thank you so much for all the support that you've shown for not only the session, but also the visualization, if you've seen it as well. Um, and uh, thank, thank you also for the compliment of it being a top 10 visualization. Uh, I'm pretty sure other people might differ on that, but I suppose uh, <laughs> at least it might, it, 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 at least it gained some traction in 2020. And I'm glad that people could like, you know, take something out of it. So really excited to be here and uh, really excited to talk to all of you and, you know, really to jump into a lot of um, visualization questions or data science questions or like really have like a lively discussion both with you and also with uh, Avery as well. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Rashawn said, we can see the comments. So if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to put them in the comments and I will show them on the, the live stream as well. If you're listening to the video and the live stream, we had a couple more comments and I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. I'm not good with no. names. <laughs> uh, so let's see. We got Samya here. He said excited for this one. Thanks. We are too. We got yeah. uh, a LinkedIn user. Thanks for creating this session. Pretty excited to take some learnings from this session. Um, (laughs) Someone said, I see this visualization at least five times coming in my feed every day. (laughs) That's super true. I I remember uh, when it first came out, I was like, I was uh, DMing Rashawn like five different Instagram accounts. I was like, oh my gosh, look. Look where all the places it's been. Honestly, that's that's like where um, a lot of where I started to see that it was going on other platforms through a lot of other people. And to be honest, uh, it's not just uh, like, you know, for me seeing that it was going on other platforms through people telling me, but a lot of how I found out about how viral it was, was a lot of my connections were actually like tagging me in other people's LinkedIn posts. 
right? Because of course, not everyone um, would post my name, which is fine because my name is already in the visualization. So I mean, as far as attribution goes, I guess they're perfectly fine. But um, I really wouldn't have been able to track a lot of uh, the posts that go on LinkedIn had it not been for a lot of my connections tagging my names and posting my name. So I really have to thank everyone. I mean, if, if someone's in the chat who did that, I mean, I really huge thanks. I'm really grateful for that, that, you know, they were able to, um, you know, give uh, notify me of attribution at least, you know? Yeah, for sure. So you, you're saying that basically like, you couldn't keep up with how many places it was and you didn't even know all the places where your viz went your connections were kind of showing you hey look you know this person's posting your viz look i mean this person doesn't know you and they posted you viz exactly exactly honestly kind of even restored my faith in humanity a little bit because <laughs> all people seemed to care about attribution in today's day and age when like attribution is like at huge risk you know and so i think that uh, i really have to be thankful to uh, my connections and also uh, a lot of the names that you're taking about the people in the chat I mean they're quite familiar we engage with them quite positively on statuses like Sumaya and um, I, it escapes me one or, one or two other names so looks like we have like pretty dedicated viewers here yeah yeah absolutely you definitely have uh, a lot of support on on LinkedIn and other platforms um, so let's let's go ahead and uh, get into it um, yeah, actually, perfect segue. Uh, Derek had, Derek said, I love the visualization and can relate to seeing it multiple times in my newsfeed. Um, I can relate <laughs> to the visualization. That's one reason why it really resonated with, with me. Um, so Rashawn, if you don't mind, would you mind pulling that up just so that um, if people sure, are sure. here who haven't seen it, they can, they can take a look at it. And I'll, I'll kind of uh, explain it while you pull it up. So what Rashawn sure. did was create and uh, a visualization that kind of summarized the year 2020 in terms of what people Googled. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like knowledge information is pretty much synonymous with Googling right now for me. Um, so if I Google something, I mean, that's where I'm going to get my information. So it tells a lot about what's going on in, in my mind um, and what I'm worried about and what I'm interested in about. Um, and so here's, here's the viz, I'll go ahead and, uh, Let's see, I'll go ahead and pin it to the screen so it's a little bit bigger. Um, and and I really like this because what Rashawn's done is made a really elegant visualization that shows how the world, how the earth uh, was interested <laughs> in different things at different times during 2020. Um, and I'll go ahead and let Rashawn answer, or explain the graph uh, a little bit more in detail. Right, right. So basically, uh, what the, what the type of visualization that I put here is, uh, I mean, different people call it different names. Uh, in essence, what it is, is it's basically a spark line chart. Um, I suppose a spark area chart, because I mean, it's not exactly just lines itself, um, but it's also known as a joy plot and a ridgeline plot. Now, what a joy plot actually is, is that it's usually seeing several dimensions um, in one visualization in which your, um, you could probably say line charts or area charts are overlapping, right? Now, in essence, uh, in this visualization, they aren't exactly overlapping. Um, and there's a lot of criticisms to that uh, because the essence of a joy plot, although, it, I mean, there's a huge history to, uh, behind it. I'm pretty sure Avery knows as well. I mean, uh, these I don't. Lines <laughs> Teach me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> 
these wrist line plots and joy plots they actually originated from uh this one music album i think it was back in the 70s where like the cover of this album uh showed like a lot of like waves um you know on the face of it and that's really what gave origin to uh joy plots and ridgeline plots so and they're supposed to be overlapping so what i did here is that i didn't make them overlap as again uh there's a lot of criticism towards joy plots that you know if you overlap them then you know it kind of defeats the purpose of seeing trends because um you know a lot of like one dimension could overlap and obstruct uh you seeing another dimension for yeah. example so i mean in the in the visualization if you look at like um let me see if i could zoom in here uh if you see like something like coronavirus and coronavirus symptoms right they'd be overlapping yeah and uh it wouldn't be as clear to you as it is right now so that that's what the essence of this visualization was is that i chose this because you're able to see um several dimensions at one time uh for all the top search terms but more importantly than that um i also chose this because i don't know if a lot of people recognize this but if you kind of like if you were to scroll down and give it like one glance oh. right from top to bottom then you can kind of like see that you know there's a certain timeline to it it right? moves to like, the right exactly it moves to the right like it kind of also gives you an indication of the progression of you know going further down the lane in 2020 Right, so you can see, like from the start, uh, like we started right up here with Kobe Bryant's uh, unfortunate demise, and we keep on going, and like months are passing by, and you can see how the search terms are, you know, evolving, and then finally, right at the end of the year, I mean, we end off with a spike in vaccine because that's what was really trailing off into um, the, uh, into news outlets and what media and what the media outlets were actually reporting. So, I mean, that's the nature of this visualization. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you have it, if, if like Avery or if like any of the, um, uh, viewers have any specific questions about the visualization, then we could like do like a deep dive into it. Yeah, we, ha we have a couple, but, um, just to be explicitly clear in this visualization, if you scroll back down, your X axis yeah. is, is time. So each one of those vertical lines is, is a month within 2020. So the left-hand yeah. side would be early 2020 and like you said that's when like kobe bryant died and then the far right exactly. would be you know closer to the end of the year closer to 2021 where the u.s elections happened and the vaccine exactly. kind of became distributed and the height of each one of these little lines is representative of how many terms or how many times that that term was searched on google correct exactly so basically when I guess I should also kind of um, go into the source of this data. So basically in the last month in December, um, I was actually kind of expecting Google Trends to release their year in search report. It's like an annual thing of theirs. They've been doing it for at least two decades. I think they went back as far as 2005. They always do it every year. And uh, they always release it because, I mean, of course, in the 21st century, um, you know, everyone uses Google. and uh, what they type in the search bar and you know what they're searching for on a daily basis that becomes a sort of an approximation of you know world culture or world events right what's going on in the world i mean and this this visualization i'd say confidently that it, it it's representative of that so that's why um google trends they release the, these uh you know a year in search to tell you the top search terms to tell you you know what the world was like for that particular year 
what people were searching, what people were thinking, right? What was popular, what wasn't, what were what was on people's minds, and um, th that's basically why why they release it. So I actually uh, w was anticipating this to come out in December because last year it came out at around December 11th to December 15th. So I was anticipating this coming out as well. So once it came out, basically it's like the top 10 terms um, in different categories. So if you go to the year in search report, I mean, they have like a separate dedicated website for it. You're going to see the top 10 search terms, like general search terms. And then you're also going to see like the top 10 terms in, let's say, regarding people. Uh, let's say regarding actresses and actors, uh, let's say regarding TV shows. This year they also had a separate category of concerts, right? What were the top 10 search terms for concerts? Because obviously due to COVID, many people were searching um, virtual concerts, right? I believe there was like one concert that happened um, by that rapper Lil Nas in like Fortnite. Mm -hmm. So it's like oh, yeah. a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these concerts became quite popular. So I guess like they uh, threw that in there. So so that, that's what the categories are like. And it's always usually like a top 10. I don't think it goes beyond that. Um, so okay. again, and if people, uh, I don't know if uh, a lot of people have experience with like going and looking up a search term, but if you look at the top right, I mean, just to explain the visualization, uh, I put that like small little info infographic there to kind of show uh, what the area chart of each dimension like represents. So I mean the height, like the peak would actually represent the highest popularity for a term at a certain time. Because what Google does is that of course they have their um, privacy concerns or rather not privacy concerns, but I'm pretty sure they have their good reasons for not releasing uh, the, the exact numbers. Absolute, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolute searches, right? And that's also what a lot of people um, when I posted this visualization, that's what a lot of people actually um, were commenting on is that they kept on questioning why did Google not release their absolute numbers? Why are they indexing it? And I think that in a way, um, of course, there are certain advantages to releasing absolute searches. I mean, because of course, if there's like a peak to, let's say, a search, then it's not necessary that that peak would be uh, higher than you know the peaks and other searches, right? So I guess in a way like that becomes one criticism of the data quality that Google is releasing because um, the peak of 100 wouldn't exactly be um, you know it, it's not like that we can equate it. Yeah, to, you're saying you know? that this this peak, this first red peak in India versus New Zealand, you know, is pretty tall. It looks as tall as say the peak in coronavirus symptoms, you know, a month and a half later. But but just because of the way Google does their, you know, their data sharing, there's no way for exactly. us to know if those were actually the same numbers or if exactly. if just a lot of people were doing India versus New Zealand back in, you know, what is this, March or February versus February. yeah. There, you can't compare one to another, but you can compare across a time horizontally. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So so let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, so first off, we had a question here. Let me let me pull it up. Um, a lot sure. of people are asking, what software did you use to create this visualization? <laughs> I see. Yeah. So that's that's also a common question that I got as well. I mean, when I posted this, um, even on so basically when I when I when I made this visualization and I uploaded it across platforms, I believe I initially uploaded it to 
uh, LinkedIn and Reddit and a third platform. It'll probably come back to me later on. So, I mean, on Reddit, you're also part of the data is beautiful subreddit. I mean, it's probably the best subreddit on. It's definitely Reddit awesome. Itself. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they always ask to uh, not only give your data source, but also give you the tools, right? So there I also put, you know, that I use Tableau to visualize this. And then when I, when I uploaded it on LinkedIn, uh, this project is actually part of a series of mine in which I upload visualizations on probably a near routine basis. I suppose like once in two, bi-weekly or maybe monthly. And I always label these as like uh, either Python project number one, right, for example, or Tableau project number two or three. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So basically I used uh, Tableau to visualize this completely. And um, for those, again, uh, we are all in the data world here, so many of us might know what Tableau is. Uh, for those who don't know what Tableau is, uh, Tableau is a visualization software that was um, previously independent, but it was bought out by Salesforce. And it is one of the top, if not the top, uh, visualization software um, in the world. And quite frankly, also, uh, my favorite software as well when it comes to visualization. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so it's it's like drag and drop. It's similar to um, Microsoft's Power BI if you ever used it. Um, but I, I guess I guess is this easy to build in Tableau? Like, is is I know you talked about earlier. First off, I didn't even know what what joy plots were. We had um, we had some expert uh, googling done by Derek, and he said the album that came out was joy division unknown pleasures is the yes. uh, term that uh yeah that that sparked joy plots um i guess is, is this something that's easy to do in tableau or is it, is it kind of difficult man i must say i'm loving this like the viewers are quite dedicated that they're just googling yeah. on the fly here fact checking great what we're saying great googling yeah. Derek. way to go exactly exactly um yeah yeah so uh it's quite i'm so that's what i actually love about tableau is that it's so intuitive uh, when it comes to creating visualizations. So, I mean, that's what, uh, if we were actually to compare, let's say, Power BI and Tableau, I mean, I read, I think probably two weeks ago, it was a wonderful quote um, by someone that said, uh, Power BI is 80% data, 20% visualization, and Tableau is 80% visualization, and 20% data, and that is completely true. Tableau is your, you know, go-to visualization software that specifically is meant for visualization. And one of the things that sets Tableau apart is that it's created a lively community in the world, right? So I mean, you have so many things that you can do with Tableau, and then you can engage with the Tableau community worldwide. So I mean, you have, for example these visualization challenges that happen weekly, stuff like Makeover Monday, Workout Wednesday, Sports Viz Sunday. Um, and then you also have the community to interact with on uh, Twitter and whatnot. I mean, a few days ago, I was actually, I suppose, commenting with uh, one of the top Tableau experts, uh, Kevin Fleurlage, I believe his, his, his name was, and he himself actually made a post about, you know, the community of Tableau and what are the different uh, sources in which people can interact with this community. So, and one of them definitely is uh, going to Tableau's own website, Tableau Public, and uploading your visualizations, looking at other people's visualizations, looking at the gallery 
which is like the this is the day, which are like top visualizations from the world. Uh, going to Twitter, interacting with Tableau Zen Masters, and um, and then also another source, which is LinkedIn. So, and that's the beauty about Tableau. I mean, if I can actually reference here, Tableau, as you said, it's mainly drag and drop. So immediately once you open the software, uh, you'll see just, just probably three compartments. You'll see the left side where all your data is. You'll see the top side where you know, which represents your shelf where you can put your dimensions and your measures. And then right in front of you is just the view, which is your chart. And it's so intuitive that you literally just have to click one or two dimensions, one or two measures, and the chart immediately formulates, or you get to drag and drop it in there, right? And Tableau, uh, Tableau has a pretty good chart library, um, you know, already built in. And they also have a lot of extensions in which you could um, import different charts uh, that are like evolving these days. So for example, radial charts and sand key diagrams. And um, not only does it have a, a good chart library, but it also has the ability for you to make very unique visualizations from scratch, from the ground up. So I mean, you have the ability to use like calculated fields and uh, different features and options that allow you to create things that um, previously weren't um, could or previously could not be thought of in Tableau. So for example, some people are like such an expert at, at using Tableau is that they create completely new uh, ways, innovative ways of like making visualizations. Um, I like just to give a, uh, an example on the fly, uh, one of the Tableau Zen masters, I think his name is Ken Fleurlage. Like there's, two, there's like a Fleurlage twins. There's like two brothers who are like Tableau experts. So Ken Fleurlage. What he did is that, and it, it, it still sticks with me today. It was such a beautiful visualization. I mean, um, do you mind if I actually pull it up? Yeah, fact? no, go ahead. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Please, Let's please do. Possibly. Yeah, while while you're while you're pulling that up, um, uh, we had. Well, we won't get into the, uh, more questions yet, but one thing I just wanted to mention is, so one thing I like about uh, Rashawn's graph is it's so relatable. I mean, you can literally follow along and say, oh my gosh, I Googled that in February, or you know, I was Googling you know, Joe Biden in November. I'm one of those parts of those, those peaks. Um, I think it's just so relatable. And I think that's um, another thing that's really good about spark charts, or I guess like we learned a new term today, uh, joy, joy plots, is that right? I, I knew ridge lines, but I didn't know joy plots, but um, is they're, they're so small and you can compare one to another very easily. So spark lines are one of my favorite um, data visualization tools, just because there's these small little lines that, you know, they don't look a whole lot of meaningful, but there's lots of data packed in those tiny lines and you don't necessarily need a full square graph with the axes to understand uh, a graph. You just need, sometimes you just need the little squiggly lines and that tells you all the information that you, you need to know. So that's one reason why I really like spark lines. I really enjoy them because they give a lot of information with not a lot of space. Um, let's see. Uh, let me just uh, pull it up here. We had, we had another question that I'll go ahead and answer for you, um, Rashawn is, and I, I can't see who it's from, it just says LinkedIn user. But did you have to clean up the data or do any transformations to weed out the noise? Um, the majority of the time when you're getting data from Google Trends, which all of you guys can do, I think it's just trends.google.com, you guys can search 
any term and you guys can get a history, I think back to 2004 of how many times that were, that term was searched on that given day. Um, and, and it's all normalized, like Rashawn said, there's not like a, a specific absolute value. It's, it's, all, it's all normalized. But it can also allow you to compare five different ones at once. So you can't compare more than five. I think five's the limit. Um, but because that goes to another question that I think um, Derek had that we, we talked about earlier, saying it could be misleading to show that TikTok's peak is the equivalent of Kobe, B, Kobe Bryant's peak. That's just the yeah. unfortunate part about Google data is Google doesn't want you to actually know how to compare more than five at a time. So probably didn't have to, if I, if I can speak for you, you probably didn't have to do much cleaning per se, you know, uh, because it, it comes pretty clean. It comes in, you know, uh, normal form with a with a date and just some columns. It's pretty simple. But you probably had to combine multiple CV, uh, CSVs into one. Yeah, Is yeah, that right? exactly. Okay, perfect. Exactly. Um, now show us this. What, what do you got here? Yeah, so basically, uh, this is what I was talking about, like just to round back to that, that question to like finish it off. So uh, this is how intuitive and innovative Tableau is, if you're able to see the screen. I mean, this will probably always stick with me in my mind because it was just such a like breakthrough in how people use Tableau. So basically what he did is that he visualized the history and the evolution of the Batman logo, right? Uh, usually what people would do, I mean, if we're not going to be too complex here, is that they would probably take various pictures of the Batman logo throughout history and you know you could probably filter through it by year and you could see each logo but what he did here so intuitively is that he actually um visualized each logo separately on like a coordinate plane and then like whichever filter the year that you click on the logo will actually transform and take shape into the logo that you click on so for example you can see here how it's not only it's not like a static image that's just changing from a to b it's literally transforming itself, right? And this is what I mean about how intuitive Tableau becomes. So, I mean, if I scroll down, what he did here is he, he, he took advantage of, you know, using polygons in Tableau and, you know, mapping them out in Tableau so that each and every single time that you click on a year, right? So, for example, here, uh, the, the coordinate pane will literally just take shape into uh, the new logo. And what he did here is actually he took... He, he, he put in some pretty good, like, you know, advanced calculated fields, I suppose. And that's where Tableau becomes a little bit complex even, is that, you know, if you're pretty good at math, right, for example, charting out, uh, let's say, using sigmoid functions and um, using, uh, let's say, uh, the uh, equations of a circle even to plot out charts, then you literally are like, I mean, I don't want to go as far to say this, but you are literally like a divine gifted user because you would just be a power user you know being able to create whatever you want in tableau so i mean even going back to you know that question of how easy tableau is so just to put it in perspective um one time i was actually at my um uncle's house right i was at, uh you know we had a little bit of a dinner and we actually came a little bit early so i had my laptop with me so i was kind of working on this uh, visualization and uh, one of my younger cousins, she's actually about four years old, right? She goes to school. Mm -hmm. And she saw that I was, you know, visualizing, you know, something in Tableau. Obviously, to her, it's not visualizing. It's just like something happening on the laptop, right? Just some drawing, I suppose. So um, I get up 
and like I put my laptop to the side on the couch. I get up and I go to meet some guests. And by the time I come back, the laptop is literally in her lap. And she actually opened up a new tab and she created a bar chart. No, she and didn't. I, literally. And I wow. don't even, of course, I, I, at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's a bar chart. But I mean, if you gave any sort of other visualization software like Excel or even Power BI, I really don't think that it would be so easy for her to, or even anyone else of that age, to really access it. Now, who knows? Maybe she could have been randomly playing around with it. Maybe she did like random one-two clicks and in another tab, and it opened up like a bar graph. But that basically just really goes to show that how easy it is. You literally just have the view in front of you, and it's really up to you what you want to drag and drop. And if we okay. contrast that with Power BI, for example, um, although I've used Power BI as well, but again, going back to that quote, it's like 80% data, 20% of visualization. It's more of a data management software than it is a visualization software. And people have criticized, you know, the um, lacking in its chart library because Power BI, again, it was meant to mainly compete with Tableau. And the reason why there are so many users in the market for it is because it's a lot cheaper to uh, use than Tableau. Like Tableau, yep. I think it's $70 <laughs> Per user, right? Yeah, and, and it uh, comes Power often with Microsoft 360 because it's Power BI is a Microsoft product, so it comes with exactly. Microsoft 365. Exactly. So a lot of organizations already subscribe to 365, and they just kind of get it in with uh, included for free. So it's like, why should I pay seventy dollars yeah. when I can get it for free? But I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of a lot of reasons you've just shown us. I mean, I haven't seen an evolving Batman logo. Uh, visualization that's animated in Power BI. So that kind of goes to uh, an answer one of these questions we have here from, from Mandy. He says, is it accurate that Power BI takes more time compared to Tableau and churning out complex visualizations? Um, yeah. I, that's probably true. And I think it's true for like what, what, uh, what what visualizations you can come up with like in general like i don't think you can make the batman one in power bi uh that's maybe you can but i'd be i'd be very surprised um so okay rashawn let me let me take you let me take you for a question here okay sure 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 you, you've made this awesome graph you know yeah. everyone relates to it it kind of blows yeah. up. You see, you know, like all your friends are tagging you in other people's posts that you don't know. They're like, look, like my friend Rashawn, like he made this. Um, why, why did you make that? And I think, I think we actually had a question on that. Let me see. Upright. Oh yeah, Ethan. Ethan asked this question. Um, what was the motiv motivation behind creating this viz? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, at least for me, I think that um, in the world of data, one of the like number one soft skills that you can have is curiosity, right? And when I really started to make a lot of these uh, visualization projects several months ago, when I started to make them, um, it, it really began with me just being curious about a lot of things, right? So, I mean, in the Tableau world, um, what a lot of people do is that, you know, they kind of just wait for like the weekly challenge, like Makeover Monday to like release a data set and they'll visualize that and they post it, right? Um, I never was really in that, into that because, um, I mean, A, I think that it really kills the curiosity that you know you would have about other things because you're just like patiently waiting for someone to hand you a data set. And uh, B, sometimes I think that a lot of the topics that are provided, um, at least for me, like, uh, not not a lot of them really 
uh, you know, give, you know, create sparks within me. And again, that's not to like uh, throw shade on people who love Makeover Monday. It's a great thing for learning and stuff like that. But I guess it's not just my cup of tea. So basically, again, it goes back to curiosity. So a lot of these visualization projects that I do, it always started with uh, some point in which I was curious about something, right? And I suppose that, you know, when we look at those visualizations, I can explain those, but specifically for this, right? Um, so I already knew that Google Trends was releasing, uh, you know, on a yearly basis, like I already knew that they were releasing their uh, year in search uh, report. And it was already coming to, I believe, December. And, you know, I was thinking about my next visualization project. I think before this, um, I, I think I think the one before this was the one I did on Simpsons, which we'll probably look at later. And I was just really thinking about, you know, what's the next thing going to be like? What's the next thing that I'm going to uh, be looking into? So it was already coming to the end of 2020. And obviously, there are only so many words that could and so many expletives that could describe, you know, how the year 2020 was. And when Google Year in Search finally came out, I was like, you know what? I, I think this is this should definitely be um, my you know next thing. And I was actually looking for something in a project to kind of summarize the year. So basically, uh, if, if the other options that I had for you know visualizing something instead of this project, I was actually thinking of visualizing my Netflix data because one of the things that I wanted Can to you do. Get that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you uh, can't. Can you really? Yeah, yeah. Netflix data. If you go to Netflix, you can request them to give you your data. And obviously, again, it goes oh, down man. to uh, data policy and data privacy. So they actually, well, their stated time is that they will send you your data in 30 days. Uh -huh. But when, when I applied for it, like they sent it to me the next day. Oh, and wow. it's so detailed. Like it's almost unnecessarily detailed because they send you like, a second by second analysis of what you do. So it's like they'll tell you Scary. when you Yeah, they'll tell you like when you press the pause button, when you press the play button, which advertise advertisement did you see? They'll even tell you, uh, like for example, if you're watching a show and like you like you rewind 10 seconds, like they'll tell you that as well. Oh wow. So right. And um that just really goes to show how amazing the data team is at Netflix. Um I've read a lot about them, but in any case, that was actually another uh, idea of mine because I was really looking to put in something that I could summarize the year 2020 of. So one thing was like you know my Netflix data in which I could like summarize what I what I watched for the year. Um, but then of course when this idea popped into my mind, it definitely uh, you know trumped the other idea for me. So like that's where the inspiration came from here. That is that is crazy. I didn't I did not know that 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 existed. I know um, I have yeah I have Dustin here saying I think I'm going to lose about thirty hours of my life mining all these data sets you're teaching us about. I I know that there's a lot that you can get. Um, like for instance, a lot of people don't know you can get your LinkedIn data, which is pretty interesting to see all of your messages, who you're connected with. Um, a yeah. lot of all a lot of their emails and stuff like that. Um, Instagram, you get like all of your likes and search history and um, all the posts exactly. you've saved. But I didn't know about I didn't know about the uh, Netflix one. So yeah, uh, yeah, I got some some funny comments from that saying how scary it is and and how neat that is. <laughs> but okay, so going back to the question, okay, what what motivated you to to make this viz? You said curiosity. Um, okay, but I mean. That's a good answer, but like, 
not all of us are sitting at home. Like, is that what you do? You just sit at home and make data visualization? Like, like, oh, Friday night, time to make a data. Like, why? Like, okay, sure. That's why you chose this topic. We're back. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay, good. did we cut out there? Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll re-ask that question. Um, can, uh, yeah. the, question, the question is, okay, like, do you sit at home and make data visualizations on Fridays? Like, is that, is that what you do? Or like, why were you making data visualizations in the first place? Yeah, yeah. so I mean, um, I guess this kind of goes a little bit back into my origin with data. I mean, I, I always see that when I interact with data professionals, they always have like, some sort of origin story like just like batman or something like there's something that always triggered them some somewhere in their life i mean for you uh i you know i've been following you and i see your content so um i think it was i mean again not to like go into your history or something but i think it was somewhere along when you were doing your chemical engineering degree that you yeah you know switched over to data yeah so for me um i was actually you know when i was in my business degree i was doing marketing and um, I actually started to take more analytics selectives and that's really what uh, started to that's when the love story happened basically I started to fall in love with data and there's like so many reasons for why you know that passion for data exists I mean like we could probably go into it in another segment but um, that's basically when it started to happen and as it as it progressed throughout my degree and then also when I graduated because I graduated with a bachelor's in analytics, um, it really started to make me uh, data oriented. Like I just started to see the whole world like in terms of data, like, you know, kind of like in the in the Matrix movie where you see everything in like those green vertical rows coming down. Like yeah. I really thought that, it, you know, it was, I thought it was, it was like a red pill moment, right? It was like, I could start like seeing the world for what it is or for what I wanted it to be. And um, it was at that point, where I really just started to look at everything in data. So it's like from outside, you know, how can I convert something into data? Like, you know, um, you know, looking at stuff like health analytics. I mean, this year I'm actually starting to record a lot of my things in life. So it's like I'm recording like what I eat and the vitamins I take and stuff like that. You and, record what you eat? Um, yeah, so I mean, again, we could like go into that separately, but if you see on it's beautiful, uh, this at the end of the year, they started posting, you know, their year end, uh, visualizations yeah like, you know what they do yeah you see that right and i've, I've tried them, to do it though it's so it's a lot of work to keep track of all of that yeah i know so i mean you have to basically uh pick a few dimensions to be dedicated to yeah i mean as far as data is beautiful concerned a lot of people went crazy with it um i think there needs to be a line drawn because a lot of people started visualizing uh visualize visualizing their trips to the washroom did they do it manually please tell me they used a sensor because I, I can understand if you used a sensor but did they do it manually i think they did it manually oh and not my only, gosh i don't, I don't want to get too disgusting here but they did it in pretty excruciating detail in terms of oh yeah shape, shape and color but let's okay. not get into that <laughs> gross there's definitely a line so uh yeah so basically coming back to that it's just uh, when I started these visualization projects, it comes from that mindset of just being curious. And my first project, I mean, I guess we'll go into it um, uh, 
later on, but it always just starts with like uh, a eureka moment. Like I'll just be looking at something or doing something or watching something and immediately I get like, hey, there must be data on this. Or like I could do something with this, right? I could visualize this. I could probably get, get insights out of it. And um, talking about, you know, sitting down on a Friday night, yeah, basically that 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 really is what happens. Um, at least I, I would say like bi-weekly, I'm looking at things like, you know, different projects that I could do. So almost every week, I'm really just um, investing myself in, in terms of uh, seeing what I could really do uh, in terms of a visualization. And to be honest, I really think that, uh, you know, I think the world itself should really go towards this in terms of, allowing more data to be accessible so we have a lot of apis for like you know different things that we can see like you know netflix and instagram and stuff like that but if we live in a world like where we have apis for a lot more things uh that that like are accessible to us like let's say having some have having some sort of iot device that is linked to our car that could you know grab data on our car and we could visualize it i think that you know uh that would not only a put us put a huge interest into data, but I think that that would really improve the quality of many people's lives. So it's just this data-driven mindset to always, you know, just visualize something. Okay, so I, I kind of heard two things. One, you think it's fun and you're curious. And two yeah. is is you kind of have the mindset of, well, I believe in analytics, you know, I got a degree in analytics. I want to use, um, I want to use analytics in my in my life. You want to live a data driven life, and so you want to take advantage of the scenarios. Okay, that makes sense. I know, I know. I agree with what you said about like making data accessible. Um, I know I keep track. Like, um, I use Mint for like budgeting, um, and that that just keeps track of all of my spending for all of my accounts. So that's like. I'm right there i want to try to make it data driven so i have a couple projects that i did with mint um and then i wear i wear my apple watch um whenever i work out and when i sleep and so i get my sleep data and my like calories data um and stuff like that i know and then, i mean i saw this from your profile uh your dog also has a <laughs> it's true it's true she hasn't worn it in a All bit right. i i collected a lot of data and then I never really used it for that. So I need to go back and do yeah. something with it because yeah, she does. I bought a Fitbit. It was like, it's like 60 bucks. I was like, I'm so nerdy. I can't believe I'm doing this. I did it just for the analytics. Like she's a healthy dog. Like <laughs> yeah. I just, I just wanted the data on her. That's yeah. all. That um, should be a quote. Honestly, I did it just for the analytics. I mean, that's <laughs> what uh, a lot of happens, but uh, I must ask this. I mean, was it like a, it was like specifically made for animals or was like oh, a yeah. human Fitbit? No, okay. it's, it's a, it's a okay. dog specific Fitbit. Um, okay, okay. I'm not even sure how well it works, to be honest. It like goes on their okay. collar and uh, oh, okay. yeah, okay. It, I need to, I need to look at it again, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, okay. So you did it for fun. You did it because you want to live an analytics life. Okay, let me ask you this. This is this is an important question um, that I think a lot of people can benefit from. Why did you share it? Because, okay, you're, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun for you. You made the visualization. Yeah. You learned, oh, okay, I see how people Googled for Joe Biden. Um, yeah. You know, why, why share it? Right. So, um, I mean, in a few years back, I mean, not even a few years back, but one or two years ago, um, I was on different social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. And I really 
like I just couldn't um, find my voice. Like I never really interacted with people, even though I had like a huge, like my friends list, right? I never really interacted and I didn't really like the content that a lot of people are showing. Like it was just like jokes and memes and politics and stuff like that. And I really just couldn't find, you know, something where I can engage with. I couldn't find a proper community. And when I joined LinkedIn, you know, some of that lingered on or carried on to the platform as well. Um, but when I really started to, when I, when I started my visualization journey and I joined some of these platforms, so for example, when I joined Data is Beautiful on Reddit, um, that really motivated me to uh, not only do these projects, but also share them because I was a part of a community in which I could not only interact with people who also have these similar interests as I do, but also gain their feedback on you know the things that I'm doing. And especially when um, you're talking to data professionals, um, I really enjoy their feedback. I mean, even if it's criticism or constructive criticism, I mean, I always take it as something positive because it's something that could be improved in the future. And I so I share it there on Reddit, and then I also share it there on LinkedIn because I mean, of course, I'm developing a personal brand of mine, basically, at least for my country, in which I think that, um, I mean, not to be obnoxious, but I think that I've pretty much solidified myself as like one of the leading uh, voices in data science for my country, at least. So I, I upload it there to kind of show a portfolio of, you know, these visualization projects that I'm doing. And I think that, uh, at least for this visualization, it was probably extremely important to share because, I mean, this is reflecting uh, human behavior throughout the entire year, right? And I think to not share it, right, would probably be a little bit uh, odd or weird, if like for the lack of a better word, because this is this is showing like people's behavior. This is showing like you know uh, cultural influence around the world, and it's like um, I think it, it's definitely it should be out there to for people to see. Um, I think that one of the main incentives would be is that, you know, to kind of, uh, uh, you know, develop my portfolio because I also share this on uh, Tableau Public, which is like where my Tableau Public profile is. And I mean, it's to develop a portfolio there, but it's also to submit a lot of these visualizations to uh, Viz of the Day, for example, um, which this visualization also got uh, in December. So these are basically the incentives behind it. I mean, I, I don't really have any uh, issues with sharing these visualizations. I mean, a lot of people found uh, some meaning out of it. And I'm just really grateful for, you know, a lot of the positive response that people got from it or people gave to it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, okay, so if I were to kind of digest that, that answer, um, I heard, you know, okay, I wanted to get feedback from people, um, which, is, which is awesome. Um, I heard, you know, I wanted to, sh I wanted to build my portfolio and build my personal brand. Um, and also like, I think this is important for the world to see. And I think all three of those are, are really good, uh, are really good, yeah. um, answers. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to quickly get to uh, a little change of topics here, but, um, Elmer put this question earlier and we didn't get to it. So I want to get to it cause he reposted it. Um, he said, if there, if there is any, what other charts would you have considered using in making the Google Trends? So if you didn't use, you know, this combination of whether we call it a joy plot or a spark line um, or yeah. a ridge plot, what else would you have done? Yeah. 
So uh, the funny thing is, is that when I started with this project, I actually didn't go to Tableau as my first option, mainly because um, really? in my previous projects, yeah, yeah, actually I was considering. So in my other projects, I, I think I had three or four projects before in Tableau. Now Tableau is always my go-to visualization software, right? But a lot of these projects that I put, I mean, not only do I create, um, not only do I look for variety in terms of topics. So for example, I've, did, I've done something on politics, on the TV industry, on media and stuff like that. So I always try to change it up, but I also try to look for variety in tools. So, so far, uh, one of my projects has been completely Python driven, right? And the rest of them have been Tableau. So for this one, I actually started off with trying to do something in Python, right? And I was looking for modules in Python that would, um, you know, effectively visualize this into a joy plot because um, there are more efficient uh, modules in R, for example. Like, for example, I think it's called ggplot or ggridges that would just outright visualize this into a, a ridgeline plot. Uh, in Python, it's not so easy because uh, there's only two or three uh, packages that were like open sourced to yeah. create things like Spark lines right. are definitely and, hard. They're they're hard to do in, in Python, and they're hard to do in any software, exactly. to be honest. Exactly. And when I visualized it in Python and I wrote the code for it, it wasn't looking so good. I mean, uh, not only was it difficult to use, I mean, because you, you have to try to use um, these months, th this time series, as like a dimension, and that's quite hard in Python because Python is like looking at it as distributions. So that was it was difficult on that part, and when I when I when I was doing it in Python, I just didn't really see it happening. So I was like, all right, let's save, let's shelf Python for like another project for variety. And then I came back to Tableau and I was like, all right, let's do this in yeah. uh, Tableau. So that's like one thing. And in terms of uh, different graphs, I mean, I really didn't think about any other graph um, or like type of graph when it came to this, because again, we have to look at, you know, the fact that we're visualizing a number of dimensions across a time series. So in order for you to see each individual one, that's like the best way is to do that is through a yeah. joy plot or a plot. I, nothing yeah. else really came to my mind. Yeah, you, you, know? need, you needed it to be a time series because it is a time series. So that means you have the x-axis pretty much always being the, the time element. And then you needed to be the ability to do um, to do comparisons from one to another. Exactly. And, and for exactly. those, yeah. So that, that's called small multiples. Um, Edward Tufte talks about a lot about that a lot in his book, um, and the ability yeah. to, for a powerful chart. One of the one of the most important parts is the ability to compare one chart to another chart. Um, so what you right. could have done is you could have done instead of a one column n rows, you could have done like an n by n square. But as you right, do right. that, you're kind of making the the graphs fatter, and it kind of becomes less interesting over the year versus just having them be long horizontal yeah, ones yeah. And, and you can kind of get that flow as you scroll down i i think i think the the spark lines made a lot of sense in, in that case yeah i mean in terms of even the nature of graphs so i mean <clears throat> excuse me i mean this is again it's uh it's like a spark line-esque type of graph i mean we could also call it spark line and um at least in terms of the type of graph, I didn't think of anything else. But if you see these individual, I mean, ridge lines or spark lines, for them, I thought of doing something 
different. Um, I did think of making uh, these peaks like rounded edges a bit because mm. I just thought I mean, Kobe Bryant, it, it's like just like a straight up. It's like a mountain. Yeah, it's a exactly. triangle. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And again, I'm really grateful for everyone's um, response to it. But at least for me at the time, I thought that, you know, probably wasn't so appealing. Like maybe I could jazz it up or something. So in Tableau, doing something like that, making rounded edges, it is a bit of a task. You have to kind of input um, different calculated fields to really get the rounded edges. Actually, in Tableau, it's called like a gradient rounded edge. Okay. Um, again, Kevin Florlage is like the one that pioneered that type of design. So, I mean, uh, I, tr I tried to do something like that, but I just didn't really see it happening. And then at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I think it's more about, um, especially this is a visualization principle as well. It's more about the simplicity of it. And I think that a lot of people would gain a lot more from just seeing it as it is rather than investing a lot more time into just, you know, making a rounded edge, which would convey basically the same insight anyways. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. Um, Ethan asked a, a similar question, you know, and I know um, Ellie Bublik before this uh, meeting asked a, a similar question and said, after having made this visualization and gotten the feedback, would you are you going to make first? Are you going to make a graph for next year? And if so, yeah. what changes would you make? So <laughs> I'm also anticipating that next year because, uh, you know, again, this visualization got like. It, like uh, immaculate response like I can't even start to explain it and it just got it was so viral and seen by like millions of people around the world that I think that a lot of people hold on are one second one second one second yeah, yeah can everyone just like digest that number millions like <laughs> like and and he's not joking like okay so I think I think on your your original post you had I don't know, almost 2000 likes, which I mean, yeah. the view to like ratio, I don't know what that is, but I mean, that's probably like over a hundred thousand views if I had to guess. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. If you were public, if you were on Tableau's, you know, visit of the day, that's probably another, I mean, tens of thousands if I had to guess. And then yeah, you yeah, shared, reshared like a bunch on LinkedIn. I found you on like three or four different, uh, Instagram accounts. I know actually one of them here uh, was here earlier. I left a comment. Um, Data Stuff Plus was here. Let me see if I can find the comment. Yeah. yeah. But but anyway, so millions of people saw this. Everyone. Okay. But okay. Are you going to remake it? Uh, yeah. So uh, that's the thing that you know. I think that a lot of people are going to have this on their mind for the next year. So I think that. I mean, again, I don't know how strong people's memory memories are. But I think that by the time next year comes, when Google Trends uh, releases their 2021 report, uh, immediately when they release it and it's like all across the news with their video and whatnot, I think that's going to recall this visualization. And then I think a lot of the top visualization experts are definitely going to jump or pounce at this, right? Because uh, oh, when I was speaking, exactly, when I was speaking to some of them, I mean, even Kevin Florlage, he was like, I wish I'd thought of this, you know, I wish I uh, could do this myself. So. Uh, that definitely makes it, um, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more visualizations next year in this as well, and probably a lot more twists to it as well, because I, I can bank on the fact that, you know, next year, um, a lot of these visualization experts are definitely going to have, are, are definitely going to give this a try. Uh, so for next year, at least for me, I'm definitely, it's definitely on my like 
goal list. I am for sure going to uh, do this again uh, as soon as the report comes out. Uh, at that time, I'm going to see how much uh, variation I can put into it. Because again, Tableau is like a learning journey. So I'm always yeah. experimenting and doing something. So maybe at that time, I might have some flair or some spice to add into it to make it different from the year before. Uh, more so different than the terms that are going to be included in the visualization. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, it's definitely something to have in store next year. And, uh, at least as far as uh, data is beautiful is concerned, I think we're going to see a lot more of these visualizations there as well. Yeah, um, that's that's a good yeah. point. And I think, I think I mean, obviously what you came up with, I mean, you've seen Google do something similar. I mean, they do some sort of year in search, right? And you've seen spark yeah. lines before and you combine the two. Um, so, you, I mean, yeah. you were inspired from those those two sources. And I think that's interesting because, you know, someone in this audience could be really inspired and say, oh, look what, you know, look at Rashawn did last year. Look what this other person did, you know, 20 years ago or this other girl. I mean, look at this uh, album yeah. cover and like, what if we combine these two? What can I make? And I think that's the most interesting thing is we just get inspiration from so many different sources. And that's part of the reason why, you know, you're on, you know, Tableau Public and you're looking at what everyone else is doing. It's It's to be inspired and you just never know what you might make. And so, you know, someone in this audience could, could look at this and next year they're going to make, you know, one that's even better. And that's so exciting. Exactly. exactly. And uh, in terms of influence, even when I released this, so, <clears throat> excuse me, when I released this, there was actually a lot of many people who actually made their own iterations for their own countries. So when oh. I released this, uh, people from Turkey, people from Brazil, um, and then a few other countries, probably in like Southern Europe or like South America, they started to, in their own language as well, they started to visualize the top search terms for their own country, right? And they would have it in their language and they would share it as well. So I really saw a lot of, uh, you know, I, I saw this visualization inspire a lot of uh, data people to make their own iterations of it. Because again, it went uh, pretty viral. I mean, in addition to that uh, virality, I mean, on when I uploaded it to Reddit, even uh, I thought that this was like literally just another uh, visualization project that I'm putting it on there. I really didn't even expect this to like go viral as it did. Uh, actually, what happened immediately when I uploaded it uh, in the first like half hour, it got like a thousand or like one or like twelve hundred likes, which is like normal for some of the visualizations that I post there, and yeah. then it trails off, like it just ends there. Uh, in the first in like the first one and a half hour, I opened the app again. And then I started to notice that people are like just one after the other, they're commenting on it, commenting, commenting and on every single, on every single trend. And then it had like 2000 comments all of a sudden, and it was at like 10,000 likes. And then uh, I open it again and then it keeps going and going like tw uh, 15, 20. What does that feel like? I couldn't even imagine. And the funny thing is, is that I'm not even, I didn't even know much about Reddit. I just joined it for the subreddit. <laughs> nice. So I started to get the notification that your, your post is trending on the front page. Oh, wow. And I, didn't even, I didn't even know what the front page was. Kidding? I actually, I, I talked to my cousin. I was like, Hey, I'm trending on the front page of Reddit. Um, what is, <laughs> on the, what front is the front page, page of the internet. Yeah, on the front page of the internet, like I Googled that's that. That's what they and, call it. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. And I didn't even, I couldn't even, I thought that maybe it was like the front page of like data is beautiful. I'm like, what it was saying, you're trending number one on the front page. And then I asked my cousin and he's like, 
you don't know what the front page means? That's like literally the front page of the internet. That's like your post is being seen by uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people right now. And then and then in another message, she's like, you've owned the internet for, for the day. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know what exactly that, that means. Awesome. So then I went to the popular tab. I didn't even check the popular tab like until my cousin told me what the front page was. And then I saw my post was like number one there. And then wow. for the better for the rest of that day, I did nothing at all, just except like I made my own battle station on my own laptop and I literally just started seeing what people are commenting, how much it how many upvotes it's getting. And I'm the type of guy that like if you comment on something I did, I will always reply to you. Uh, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't at this point because it's like everyone kept commenting like second after second. It was just so difficult to reply. And I, at one point, I just stopped commenting. I just watched it as it was happening and like I just couldn't uh, believe it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like the story behind Reddit. At so, least for, so what's come yeah. of, of all of that? Like, for instance, I mean, you and I wouldn't have been talking had you not posted yeah. this visualization. But I mean, yeah, yeah. As, as far as you're comfortable, like what else do you feel like you've you've benefited from posting, from first making this visualization, because that was the first step, but then you didn't stop after just making it, you shared it. What have you benefited from those two steps? So basically, um, again, on Reddit, so like it, it was trending number one. So on Reddit, at least it went like, I couldn't even imagine it to be what it was on Reddit. And then when I shared it on LinkedIn, um, I mean, for the first day, again, people, they normally sh reshare my visualizations. They like and comment it, like, you know, the, that whole song and dance. It was the same pretty much. <clears throat> but pretty much when I uploaded it to Reddit, that was when everything just changed completely. The very next day after I uploaded it to Reddit is when on LinkedIn, all the top data influencers started to share it. And these are people that I've been following for a long time, and I wouldn't even imagine, like, you know, uh, like recognizing me. Steve Nori, I saw, shared it, I remember. Nori, yeah. uh, Christina uh, Stat Long last name that starts with an S. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering her name, but yeah, her. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of data influencers started to comment on these posts, like Danny Ma and a lot of other people who aren't data influencers, but also like, influencers on LinkedIn sure. who have like hundreds of thousands of followers and uh, again I'm glad that people tagged me in those posts because I could like track engagement and it was just insane like those I, one post so Steve Nuri he's like the like number one LinkedIn top voice right yeah his status I think got five six thousand wow. uh, Christina I think also got probably near a thousand this one other uh, Profile. He's a CEO. That got thirty thousand likes. And no, that's I the didn't. highest I've ever seen. Yeah, I, that's the highest I've ever seen oh on gosh. LinkedIn. And I didn't. I didn't even know him. Like I connected to him afterwards. So just the amount of resharing that happened on LinkedIn, I just couldn't imagine it. And it, and it's still getting reshared to this day. I mean, just the other day. Uh, today, um, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm always just getting notifications every single day. Just the other day, uh, I think one of the directors at uh, Boston Consulting Group, I believe, where I think it was McKinsey, he shared it. Um, and then another technology CEO, he also shared it. One of the biggest developments, though, went on LinkedIn especially is, I mean, if I scroll down here, mm -hmm. you can see, and this was also a lot of what people on Reddit said, is that it was a great year for death and TikTok because like, they were just trending throughout the year. Oh, yeah. Um, when I shared this, I think like 
the whole core team at TikTok, they started resharing this as well. So the marketing director, or I think he was the head of marketing at TikTok, he reshared it because obviously this is great for his brand, you know, because TikTok was trending throughout the year yeah. consistently. Uh, a lot of the recruiters shared it at TikTok. Like the TikTok team was basically really appreciative of, you know, this visualization that they were able to see, uh, see it. And not only TikTok, but then also people from Google also saw it. So, I mean, again, I think Christina also counts because she's a consultant at yeah. Google. So obviously she's there. Uh, the vice president of marketing at Google also liked this as well. He didn't share it, but like I saw him. Wait, you uh, saw that he liked it? I saw that he liked it. I was, I was going How? as far as to go into the likes of statuses as well. No, you I think don't. it was probably on... I don't think it's Steve Nuri's. I think it was someone else's. I think it was probably you're going into TikTok. other people's posts, likes, likes. Yeah, can't <laughs> engage just, with was, them. Oh I my gosh, he, that is dedication. I, I think, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, it was a milestone. So for me, and um, so I mean, as as far as uh, C-suite executives are concerned, I mean, just a few days back, I got a comment from. Uh, the vice president at uh, Bank of uh, Bank of America, I think it was, and he sh he said that he personally shared this visualization with his team. Wow. He also heads he also heads up the Tableau user group for Bank of America. So I was just blown away wow. with just the amount of, and I really wish that I had like active tracking data where I could like really see who's seen it and who's not. Uh, not to be obnoxious, but like I just think that you know I really would like to see or know if like one of like the most powerful people in the world, even if they like just glanced at it going through the feed, like yeah. I wonder if like like Elon Musk or like uh, Sergey Brin and Larry uh, Page at Google, I wonder if they saw it or something. Even if it's just like a glance in their feed, or maybe if their employees told about it. Well, if it went on know. Twitter, Elon saw. It. I'll tell you that much. Elon sees everything on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm. <laughs> Um, I got, yeah, so I got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting question. Um, and, and maybe this already exists. Um, but we have a question and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name from yeah. Sakanya and actually our only, uh, this is being live streamed right now on LinkedIn and on YouTube. So our only YouTube comment was from Joanna George and they, these people ask kind of similar questions and yeah. they ask, could you ever do a tutorial on this vid? together with the data set oh, link yeah. and 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 okay so first off would you ever consider doing you know a tutorial of how you made it and second off yeah. when you posted on our data is beautiful you, you showed your data set and said what you used and i don't know any of the yeah. rules for posting for viz of the day on tableau do you have to explain how you made stuff or have you ever have you ever explained how you made this graph kind of more in depth Right, right. So um, as far as, right, the data is beautiful. I mean, you basically just have to like state your data set and your tool. So it's not so in-depth. And okay. when I posted this visualization, a lot of people were asking me, I mean, A, they were asking me which software did I use, and B, they were also asking me, you know, can you make a tutorial on this? And I was just really uh, grateful for, you know, a lot of people saying that, that they could actually uh, legitimize me or deem me as some sort of Tableau authority that they would want to see. A tutorial on that and I honestly I contemplated doing it and I think that I might do it later on in the year uh, to really show because I'm again I'm all open source like I, I have no interest in like hiding anything like uh, I love being open source and letting people 
uh, see what the visualization is and what data is and, you know, doing their own iterations of stuff. So I think that later on in the year, I would definitely, um, you know, do a tutorial on it, probably like a quick to, because again, this, this was something that you can quickly whip up in Tableau. I did take a lot more time in making it because I wanted to like perfect the detail and stuff like that. But it is definitely something that people can apply. And yeah, I think I'm, I, I, I would look into doing a tutorial and maybe doing a series or something if, if that's what people like, really like about it. Actually, as far as the visit of the day is concerned, um, uh, no, no, you don't have to exactly open source it. Like you just upload the visualization and stuff. Actually, the thing is, I didn't know that uh, this was uploaded, this was chosen as a visit of the day for like, two days i didn't even oh, think wow. that this would i i i applied for this to be a viz of the day on like i think thursday night and i had i didn't have hope that you know this would become a viz of the day i just always apply uh this was when like this was like a few hours before the linkedin hype started to happen mm. uh so I, I think i completely forgot about you know my viz of the day application and it turns out that they actually uploaded this on friday the very next day, like they actually chose it the next day, wow. like out of thousands of students, they uploaded it. And I didn't know, and they don't send you an email or anything. So by Gosh. Sunday, uh, I just casually looked at the visit of the day and not even like, it wasn't even like a thought that, oh, maybe I was chosen. I was actually like, I saw a friend of mine's uh, visualization and she put a link in her visualization. So I was like, okay, let's go to Tableau. And then when I was at Tableau, I looked at the gallery, I scrolled down. And then I see this there, and I just couldn't even fathom it. To That's be honest, cool. as far as far as um, the achievement of this post was concerned, I think that the visit of the day was like the thing that I was most proud of. And I I couldn't even fathom it. I had to go to my living room to sit down and process it. Like you watch The Office, right? Like just like Michael Scott said, my mind was going like a mile an hour. I just <laughs> couldn't. You know, I really couldn't just, I, I couldn't fathom what was going on. So that's crazy. yeah, that, that, that was what's cool about it. Well, that is super awesome. Um, yeah, we're having we're having some people drop off. So thank you, thank you guys for all joining. The last we're gonna go about ten more minutes, and I just want to ask sure. um, Rashawn a couple questions. Um, so sure. I know we had one from Ryan earlier, from Ryan Collins. He asked earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. He asked specifically. Uh, and I know um, Derek also wanted to ask this. Uh, what is your what is your pet peeve in in data visualization? Do you have one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, so first of first of all, I think I have like one or two. Um, when I see a lot of these visualizations uh, that have so much text on them, that is a huge uh, pet peeve of mine because then. They, they aren't uh, so much visualizations as they are infographics. And there mm. definitely is a clear line that you have to discern between the two. And I've seen visualizations that literally have like three paragraphs of text on the visit itself. I mean, they're not allowing data to speak for them, which is what you need to do. And that's a proper visualization principle. I mean, if you're gonna have so much text on your viz, you might as well just like forget the visualization and just create like a 10 page report in which people can just read what you're saying, right? I mean, you have to let data speak for you. Um, in any visualization that I do, I always try to make sure that, that I limit it to like three to four lines of like text in which I explain what I'm doing, what it's for and stuff like that. So that's one. Uh, and then the second thing I think is, um, again, what really drives data visualization is simplicity. 
you you're in the game of showing trends and like giving information to people that they can easily digest right to all types of people and i think that when you're being unnecessary complex in your visualization it really defeats the purpose of it so a lot of these days i'm seeing people i mean sand key diagrams are already a very complex thing in and of itself and a lot of people execute them beautifully but now i'm seeing different iterations of like circular sand key diagrams in which you can't exactly discern uh, uh exactly what's happening now tableau experts do a lot in like you know executing them perfectly but i think like a week back i saw this visualization from someone who was trying to visualize the appearance of every Game of Thrones character in every episode in every season. And they did a circular sand key to connect every character to every episode of every season. And when they did it, there was just, I mean, A, there was just so much white space, and B, there were just so many lines that you really couldn't even tell what was going on in the visualization. Again, this is Game of Thrones, which is like 50 main characters and of every episode of every season. So I mean, I think, exactly. And that's like a pet peeve of mine to always just keep it simple. I think across all my visualizations, it's always just something that's extremely simple where even like a layman off the street, like I could show it to them and, you know, they'll probably be able to get what it is. So I think that that's the pet peeve of mine. I mean, what about you? Like, what's your pet peeve? Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, text on is one, um, Mitchell, Mitchell kind of paraphrased, he kind of quoted what you said. He said, if you're going to have a lot of text on your visualization, you might as well just write and not have a visualization. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. When people try to be too complicated, I think it gets a little bit silly sometimes. My, my, yeah. my pet peeve in data visualization is pretty simple. And that is the pie chart is now underrated people love to hate on the pie chart and i under yeah i I understand why it's that's controversial but like i think there i think the pie chart has a time and a place like i understand it's hard to compare angles i understand that and i understand that (laughs) the first thing you read in a data visualization book is pie charts suck but i think it's simplistic and i think i think pie charts can be cool like they don't they the default yeah. ones, no. Okay, you gotta be really like methodical yeah. about it. But I don't think pie charts suck. Hot take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, as far as books are concerned, uh, actually, I'm reading data uh, storytelling with data these days. So it's like it's so from, true that from Cole Naffler, Nafflick, is that her name? Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was like the first ten pages in which she just clearly stated out, you know, forget pie charts exist, right? And so there definitely is a lot of hatred towards pie charts, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that there definitely is, and with any visualization, there's a time and a place. I mean, uh, pie charts can definitely, uh, you know, uh, do the job for you when they need to do it. Um, And as far as data visualization is concerned, I mean, I must say, I even checked out some of your visualizations and in terms of simplicity, if we look at you know that visualization I saw where you were visualizing the um, the running path of two NBA players oh, right yeah. on the court. Did you got yeah, me studied? So, I'm impressed. You you know my you know your <laughs> yeah. You did your homework. Yeah, yeah, and I really like that because it was just so like it was so simple but so meaningful because all you did was just give the visualized path and you gave a title and that's it. And just from that, I can already tell what you're trying to visualize. Rather than 
you know, you trying to add text to it, explaining what the NBA is, how did you do this, what the footpaths could mean in terms of where they go on the court, right? I mean, it's simple. Uh, there's that saying, I guess, less is more. And that's that's that certainly should be a visualization principle. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, speaking speaking about books, um, what what books do you, for, I guess, first off, what books do you, about data viz do you enjoy? Um, and then second off, I guess, just what books in general do you like? So uh, a lot of my uh, favorite genre, I mean, a long time ago, I used to like self-help, but like that trailed off. I didn't really like self-help anymore because it, it kind of seemed to be the same thing said over and over again. But what I really got into about a year back is a lot of fun books that uh, describe uh, amazing like statistic concepts, statistical concepts in like fun ways. So for example, I love Freakonomics, right? That's all data, in which they just show these ridiculous phenomenons in like new ways. Um, again, and I love analytics and data visualization books. So like these days I'm, I'm reading uh, storytelling with data. And uh, I also like um, people who are, who have like, people who have achieved a lot in their life uh, by using data or using analytics. So in the past year, I read a book by, uh, I think his name is Edward Thorpe. Uh, the title of the book was uh, A Man of All Markets from Las Vegas to Wall Street, How I Conquered, uh, oh, interesting. Uh, how, how I Beat the House and the Market. Like it's a pretty long title. Oh, wow. It was basically the guy who created, invented card counting. And then he was like such a statistical genius that he used to like completely like take down Vegas for like, you know, all of its uh, winnings. And then he went to Wall Street and then he earned a killing there. Actually, if you see that, uh, if you've seen that movie 21, or I think it's called Blackjack, or I think it's just called 21 with the MIT Blackjack team, mm -hmm. uh, that's actually inspired from him because he started card counting. So it's inspired by his story. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check yeah. that one out. That, that one sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What what um what what are you doing now? Like what's what's on what's in the future? Um, what are yeah. you up to? What are your plans? Yeah, uh, I suppose that I should probably um, maybe give a little bit of my like history. As yeah, well. we didn't we didn't really get into that. We got right into the viz. <laughs> but yeah, it's, there's too much good stuff to talk about the visualization. We didn't get to talk about the person. Yeah. So yeah, give give a quick quick summary. I, this should have been at the beginning. My bad. Yeah, uh, we were no no. The, the viz speaks for you. We understand the viz is good. So thus, yeah, <laughs> Rashawn also must be good. But yeah, give us a quick uh, introduction to who you are and where where are you going. Yeah, so uh, basically I was, um, I'm natively born and raised in Canada. So I lived in Toronto, Ontario for, for 15 years, basically until like I was age 15. So um, by that time, uh, my family and I, like we made a decision to, <clears throat> we made a decision to migrate to uh, Pakistan, which is like our home country. It was like a family decision. So ever since then, uh, I came here and completed my education. Um, and then I also finished my uh, undergraduate in, uh, uh, it was a bachelor's in business analytics. So, um, and then ever since then, um, I've actually been, at least since graduating, uh, I've actually been spending a little bit of time uh, with my family due to a few commitments that I have with them. So uh, these days, what I'm actually doing is that I'm 
focusing a little bit more on my analytics consult being an analytical consultant. So about a year ago, I was actually able to land a consulting contract with uh, Baskin Robbins, Baskin Robbins in Pakistan. Yeah, because uh, they, yeah, they they launched here in like 2017. So about a year ago, um, I was able to basically uh, become a consultant for them, an analyst consultant. So in the past year, I've basically been focusing on that and like being an analyst consultant. I've like you know done. I, I basically designed a a research study for them to um, you know deep dive into their consumer research, find a lot of the trends and insights that they're looking for in terms of their objectives. Uh, these days, it's in the last phases in which I'm reporting. So probably at the end of this, I'll probably be moving on to another uh, consulting contract. Or I'll probably be joining an organization, uh, maybe within a few months' time, at least for the time being, because I'm you know just spending time with my family at the moment. So I guess the consulting yeah uh, works out. Are are but you are I, you hashtag open yeah. for open for work? Like are you are you like hireable for like contract consulting jobs? Um, as far as to be honest, I'm not exactly. Again, it, basically the commitments that I have with my family at the moment, um, I'm spending a lot of time with them. So a lot of the um, work that I do, it's really based on, um, you know, like I basically get to choose what I'd like to do at the moment. That's how mm. that's how we are currently. So it's like I am like I would probably look for uh, firms to consult for, but it's not exactly priority. It's right not now. exactly on the horizon so much because okay. right now again. So much as family's concerned, but yeah, uh, I do love consulting. I do love analytics. I love data, and that is my career. That is my work, and I'm definitely going to be uh, delving into it within the future. Uh, as far as goals are concerned, uh, I think I have pretty good goals this year, as as well as you do. I've seen your goals as well, so I think that we have pretty lofty goals uh, this year to you know at least. Uh, delve farther into data, you know, make some impact. Uh, I don't have the goal to run a marathon, which is uh, a lot of what I see from your side. Oh, only halves, only half, no fulls, zero <laughs> fulls right. right now anyway. I mean, I, I just don't get it. It's like, that's like insane. A marathon is like, what, 25 miles? So, yeah. I mean, I do, I do exercise, but that is insane to be honest. Like, to just go out and really do that. So like, I, I commend your commitment on that, <laughs> on that behalf, to be honest, to go out and do it uh, every single day. Well, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I don't think I'm going to do a full marathon anytime soon, but I'll stick, I'll stick to yeah. the hats. Um, okay. Let me ask you this. This will be the, yeah. uh, the question we, we end on unless anyone else has any last minute questions, put them in the comments. Um, otherwise we'll close here soon, shortly. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to get started with data? Maybe specifically get started with data visualization. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So um, I get this question again and again, especially since uh, the visualization came out. Like, just I got probably got hundreds of people just messaging me. Uh, how do you, how do you like become a data analyst and what to get into? Um, I really think that I mean, as far as data visualization is concerned, if we just talk about that. I really think that it's not so much about the tool that you need to learn. I mean, tools are tools. They were created by human beings with the same brains that we have. So if you learn a tool, it's pretty easy to pick up, to be honest, especially Tableau. I mean, I wouldn't even recommend 
doing a tutorial from YouTube or something like that, if you just download Tableau and you start, you know, dragging and dropping things, you're honestly going to get it within a week. Up. So hold on, and, hold on, hold on. No tutorial, yeah. open Tableau, upload yeah. data and start clicking. Yeah. I love start that. Clicking. I yeah, love that. Exactly. It's simple and it's just, I mean, what I say a lot, or I try to say a lot on my page is personal projects yeah. and just do stuff. Like, like stop exactly. like trying to figure out how to do something and just do the thing and just see, learn along your way. Okay, sorry, keep keep going. Okay, so you'd, you'd yeah. say open up Tableau, just start doing things. I mean, that, that I mean, I think Gary Vee also says that, that you just need to pull the trigger. Like people focus way too much on, uh, okay, I need to craft like a study plan. How do I do this? What are the best courses? What are the best sources? And when a lot of that time could just be spent doing the thing itself. And if you just open up Tableau and you just start visualizing, you just drag and drop, click, you'll eventually start to get it. So it's not so much about the tool. Like you could put the tool to the side. What really matters is just having that data-driven mindset, right? So if you're in data and you look around your life and you look what's happening in the world, right? What can you visualize? You know, what can you do? Like what is something that really is meaningful to you that you could really visualize? And once you get that curiosity, and to be honest, it's not hard to get, you just really have to start with a question. It just all starts with a question, right? Almost all my visualizations, it always just started with, okay, what is this? Why is that? How can I do this, right? It always starts with a question. And as long as you start with that, the end result is always an amazing visualization, to be honest. And I really think that that's the only thing that you uh, need to focus on, that, you know, start with a question, be curious and then just go on to visualize it and i think that uh you'll probably make a huge impact on the world with just that simple uh tool in your toolkit i mean isn't that what you did yeah exactly you didn't think about it too much you just put some data in tableau and then made a graph and then shared it and then yeah impact right that's that's exactly that's what you do again back to that story my four-year-old cousin literally just clicks and dragged and dropped and made a bar graph. So, I mean, if she can do it, then, I mean, why can't you, you know, or why can't anyone else? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Last question for you. Um, yeah. What, what advice would you give to someone like just in life, not necessarily data related, but just like, what is like a mantra or a quote that you like to live by, or just like a lifestyle that you, that you live by? Man, that's uh, <laughs> that's definitely a question. Um, I think in life, if it was in life advice, I really think that uh, you just need to give your maximum effort in whatever you do, um, and 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 that is essentially what the essence of the human spirit is. You know. Uh, just giving maximum effort, staying into it until, you know, your last breath, you know, don't give up until your last breath, you know, and I don't mean to say that in terms like in, of a motivational speech. I actually agree with that because a lot of the things that I've done in life and a lot of the things that I've achieved, it's always uh, been driven by this need to give my maximum effort, my need to do something. I mean, uh, it's because of that effort that, you know, uh, I never even thought that I would make to visit the day, but it happened in like two months when I thought it would happen in a year. So for a lot of other people, uh, whatever their goals are, right, it, it could really happen if you really just go out and do it, right? No excuses. I mean, just again, going back to like Gary Vaynerchuk, where like 
his super fans, um, just just go out, get it done, put in the maximum of effort or like the best effort that you can. And I really think that your life will start to change or the world around you would start to change if you just, uh, you know, access that core element of your, you know, your human spirit to, you know, to, um, go out and, you know, make something of yourself in this life. I love that. You so, only have, you only have one life. So might as well give, you know, the best effort you have while you're here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Okay. Well, what about, what about, what about, what about me? Yeah. I mean, now I'm like all sighing because you've reversed the question back on me, but I asked the question in the first place. Um, I see. I I mean I like I like Max Effort. I think I think that's that's a good one. I like just do stuff. Like I rather like I rather just do stuff than like sit yeah. and think about it. Like um, the other one that I I think that is important to me is like I mean there's there's a lot, but one that I try to live is just be kind. You know just Whoever, whoever you meet, like whoever you meet on the internet, um, like we talked a lot about um, the subreddit, our uh, data is beautiful. And yeah, it's an awesome subreddit, but Reddit is so toxic. Like it is insane, like how rude and I don't know, it's just easy to be rude on the internet when, especially when you're, um, I can never say that word, anonymous. Um, so I, I think yeah. just being kind gets yeah. you a long way and just makes you, you know, it makes you a lot happier in the end run. So that, that's mine. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll cut the cheese here and, uh, uh, I'll, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank Rashawn so much for being with us. He is, um, 11 hours ahead of me and I'm in central time. So it, it just, it just turned eight 30. So he's been up since like six 30 this morning, bright and early on uh, Tuesday morning, uh, getting ready for this and, and making sure our mics and video are working. So thank you so much for, for joining us Rashawn. We really appreciate it. No, I really appreciate it. Honestly, it's been an honor talking to not only you because I really think that, um, a lot of the things you do on LinkedIn, especially, I really think that you're, a brilliant guy in your field and Thanks. i really think that you're like um i as i said before i think i commented on ethan's uh comment that you know you're gonna be the voice for 2021 when it comes to data and <laughs> i really see that so oh, well, um, thanks i don't know about that but i appreciate it <laughs> so it's an honor to be here and more importantly it's also an honor to um talk to a lot of the viewers who got yeah. a lot of response from it and i'm nothing but grateful yeah uh to all yeah, I just want to quickly so, highlight um, a bunch of people that were on. Ethan Nelson, I mean, we've been on an hour and a half. So Ethan Nelson gave us a lot of really good comments. Appreciative of him. Um, let's see who else. Um, Derek uh, Raider Macker. Sorry if I said that wrong. He left a lot of really good comments. Um, Kaival left a lot of really good comments. Derek, Derek Cisco and Ryan Collins left a lot of really good comments. Really appreciate all of their insights. And uh, I know Dustin was here for a long time and, and Mandeep helping us, uh, helping us out with, with uh, questions for, for Rashawn and, and just helping the community. There was actually a really cool post. And I, I think, I don't even know who this is from because sometimes LinkedIn doesn't show who it's from, but a LinkedIn user says community for the win, heart. And uh, I feel like we had a, a great experience with, with that tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's the kindness right there to live by. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. thanks to everyone who watched, Elmer and 
and Daniel and uh, Samit. Thank you guys for, for joining. Appreciate it. And thanks again, Rashawn. Really enjoyed this time talking to you. And yeah, super excited to see what the graph looks like in 2021 and also just see where you end up. And I'm sure we'll, uh, where can people find you best? Your LinkedIn, is that the best place to reach you? Uh, yeah, that's the best place. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Rashawn Khan. Okay. Uh, you could just uh, search it. Uh, okay. This year, I'd be diversifying my voice. I think I'm going to also start being more active on uh, Twitter. Um, yeah, so these are the best places uh, that you can uh, find me at Twitter or LinkedIn. Basically, mainly it's LinkedIn. So You and Trump both will be spending more time on Twitter next year. Just kidding. <laughs> um, with, with that, yeah, so yeah. with that, follow Rashawn, bright future. Excited to see what happens.